come with me to Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Okay, yesterday we talked about the sacrifice of Jesus. And actually, why don't we go to Isaiah 53 first? Okay, we talked about this um, a little bit yesterday, the sufferings that Jesus went through uh, for you. Uh, one of the things he did, and we're going to talk about it today, is he gave us the blueprint, I believe. He gave us the blueprint for for walking through pain. And I want to deal with that. Hi, Jane. It's good to see you. Okay, so he says, Who has truly believed our revelation? In whom will Yahweh reveal his mighty arm? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I believe that, Jane. I'm believing God for healing. It's really funny about the finger. About 20 years ago, I broke it. And at the joint, like right at the joint here, um, my finger bent backwards the wrong way uh, on the backboard and uh, of, of a basketball game. And, you know, I mean, like it, it, I nursed it back to, okay, so I could use it and everything else. But like over the last eight months or so, it just got worse and worse. And now it's below, and I think the tendon or the ligament, and I have to get that checked out. But yeah, I'm just believing. And, and you know, the Bible says that he, he was, by his stripes, we were healed. And so this is part of that. And, we, and we've been talking about it. So I just think it's kind of humorous that I've been, as I've been studying healing and all of this, that this thing actually started to do this. So maybe God's getting everything out. I don't know that answer, but it's really, it's really crazy. So anyway. Who has truly believed our revelation? To whom will Yahweh reveal his mighty arm? He sprouted up like a tender plant before the Lord, like a root in a parched soil. He possessed no distinguishing beauty. Wow. He, he, yeah, he, wow. There was nothing special about his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. I know, Jane, I agree with that. It's not a coincidence. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows who was no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses. I love this. He was the one who carried, past tense, our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who uh, was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins, he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. Wow. And in his uh, wounding, we found our healing. Okay. Now, I want to go to Isaiah 61 from there, um, and we're going to talk more about, about what happened we talked about yesterday a little bit. So he says here, the mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me. Okay, one version says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus quotes this verse. Uh, chapter four, chapter nine, something like that. And he quotes this verse and says, today, this is fulfilled in your presence, in your hearing. Uh, because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives you are free, to tell prisoners be free from your darkness, 
I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense upon his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears, the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Wow, if, if you're like struggling today, just know that, that he wants to give you that joyous stuff. Because of this, he, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness planted, hi Cassie, planted by the Lord. I love this. As a living display of his glory, they will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. They will renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. Foreigners will be appointed to shepherd your many flocks. Strangers will cultivate your fields and tend your vines. Now, the reason why God gave him that the reason why God gave him this, this anointing and God gives you this anointing is to heal these people, but also to set them free, but also so that they're going to be called mighty oaks of righteousness. It's good to see you, Cassie. By the way, I just want you to know, you know, I don't know, uh, are you, are you still, uh, are you still AD right now? I don't know that answer over at, uh, Juniper. But anyway, so the, he makes us mighty oaks of righteousness planted by Yahweh as a living display of his glory. We are the living display of God's glory. That's just good. And then he says, this is the reason why we do this. So that they will restore the ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. They will renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. Foreigners will be appointed to shepherd your many flocks. Strangers will cultivate your fields and tend your vines. He's doing this because he wants to restore what was messed up. He wants to restore the things that were destroyed. Now, we're going to go to Luke. And I'm tying all of this together um, for us. But in the book of Luke... Uh, toward the end, Jesus is in the garden. Okay. Um, so if you go with me to Luke, uh, let's go to the 22nd chapter. Now remember, Jesus is going to the garden of Gethsemane after, I mean, the, the disciples had this argument, who was the greatest? And then Jesus is going, um, uh, Jesus is going into, uh, into the garden to go through this, this, this pain process. All right. So I want to talk about this pain process, um, for just a little bit because Jesus gives us the way out. He says, and it came and he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. Now remember, I said yesterday that Judas had to know where this garden was. Otherwise, um, you know, and had to have known that Jesus was going there. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to lead the mob to him. And the disciples also followed him. And when he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel appeared to him, uh, strengthening him, being in agony, and he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. And he rose from his prayer, 
came to his disciples and found them sleeping uh, from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And then Judas comes and um, and uh, uh, arrests, has Jesus arrested. And I want to go to um, Matthew uh, as well. And I want to read this, fill in some of the blanks here. Okay. And it says in verse 36 of Matthew 26, please don't just bear with me as I'm reading. And, um, you know, because I believe that this is really more important than anything I have to say. OK, but he says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. And he said to them, now, the reason why this is a little different than Luke is because, remember, Matthew was part of this. Matthew was in there, uh, as uh, so he saw all of this happen. And he, and he even heard Jesus praying, I'm willing to bet. And then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but what you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. So uh, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour, he said to Peter. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and praying, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. And he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Okay? So Jesus in this, and, and you can read Mark also. You can read, um, wow. No, you're at Phoenix Charter. Come on, man. Um, thank you. And, and I, and I noticed that you're here. I don't always get to say hello, Cassie, but hello. It's good to see you. Anyway, um, one of the things is, that, that we're talking about overcoming pain and walking through the process of pain. See, Jesus wanted them, I believe, Jesus wanted to teach them, this is how you walk through, um, uh, this is how you walk through the pains of your life. Okay? He, he went, he knew what was about to take place. Okay? He knew it beforehand. He knew it because he, he's from eternity. And, uh, he, he came into the world and he knew what was going to happen. In fact, a few chapters. Before, he tells the disciples, I'm going to be crucified. You know, but in three days, meet me in Galilee, and then we'll, you know, we'll talk about some other things after I've risen. And, and like, so he already told them what was going to end up happening. So, uh, one of the things that Jesus did, and I pointed this out yesterday, but I want to spend a little bit more time on this, is that Jesus took his whole team with him, okay? He took all the disciples with him. They went to the Mount of Olives to pray. It was his custom to do that. Some of them only thought that he was just going to do what he normally did. But Peter, James, and John, he took a little further, and I think this was at a place 
uh, uh, out of the norm because um, Matthew makes mention of it. Now, remember, Matthew is with Jesus for three and a half years about that. And so he knew all of Jesus' customs, and this was uh, one of them. So this thing stuck out, stuck out to him. This moment, Jesus had, had decided to bring his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John. James and John, I mean, just in the previous chapter, were arguing who was the greatest among them. Is it, you know, um, and then, uh, Peter, and don't forget that it was James and John that said, Jesus, uh, we want to sit at your right hand and to the left and on your left. And he says, unless you, you know, if you can drink the cup. And he goes, of course you can drink the cup. You're going to drink the cup that I drink. And then, uh, actually, I don't want to get into this because it's going to be a little heavy, but, um, you know, Peter, James was actually the first one, uh, the brother of uh, John. James, the brother of John, his actual name was Jacob. Uh, the brother of John was the first one of the disciples to die. And uh, actually, after Judas, uh, James was the first one to die. And then uh, John was the last one to die. So if you were to make a round table, it would be uh, Jesus in the middle and James uh, on his right hand and John on his left hand um, in the way that they went. So, I mean, you can uh, make any f- philosophy you want out of that. So here's Jesus. He's, he's, he's there and he's in agony and he's dripping drops of blood. Luke points that out because Luke is a doctor and he searched all this out and he was under so much stress that there was blood. His blood vessels were, were popping in his face and on his body and uh, there was so much stress involved. But what Jesus did, he took his three closest friends and he asked them to watch him. Now, if you're under stress or you're in discouragement or you're you're in pain, emotional or physical pain, get the people around you that you trust the most. Get them around you. Get the people that you that uh, honor you the most and be let uh, just be there. uh, Let them be there with you to carry you through. Remember, Job had his comforters. They didn't turn out to be very good, but Job had his comforters. And, um, and then so, uh, you have to know that this is something that you need to do to process your pain, to process the things, because a lot of times when you're in pain, you need people around you to keep it, you know, well, that's not really true, Tom. This is what's really true. Um, and I know that I didn't do that during my, my breakdowns last year or the last couple of years. Um, but what I, what I did was in 2018, 2019, I had two nervous breakdowns because I didn't surround myself, nor did I share the pains that my heart were going through. Jesus wants to share with them, and not only that, but show them how to. So what he did was he got on. First thing that Jesus did said, my father, okay, recognize that God is your father. Your friends will pray for you. Just say, listen, pray for me. I need prayer right now. You know, you don't necessarily need counseling. You just need prayer. Okay? A lot of times that, and and I know that my nervous breakdowns would never have happened had I had people or even been vulnerable enough to tell people, my closest friends, how to, you know, hey, listen, pray for me. Um, I'm just going through it right now. I, and I need to be vulnerable here. I'm stressed out. I got this going on, that going on. Um, but I didn't know how to do it. So then what Jesus does here, he says, my father, I love this. You know, at first he tells, he tells the disciples that his soul, his soul is deeply grieved. His soul is deeply grieved. Hear that? 
um, part of the process of my healing was understanding that my soul was, was bruised up. It was messed up. And I had to come to the place where I knew that I had to fix my soul. I had to come to that place. I had to be able to say, soul, how are you doing today? I had to be free enough to say, soul, how are you doing today? And be honest with myself and say, listen, I'm not doing really well. You know, well, well, what happened? What's the matter? I mean, ask yourself these questions. What was different today than the day before? I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's you didn't get enough sleep, whatever. But you need to be aware of what's happening in your soul. Okay. So he says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Keep watch with me. You got to be able to tell your friends. You got to be able to tell your closest friends. I'm struggling right now. The next thing he says is my father, if it is possible, is there another way? Now, don't forget. God spent the old whole Old Testament talking about another way, the law, okay? Do this, do that, do this, do that, and you'll be fine, all right? <clears throat> and what happened was uh, that didn't work. In fact, they got worse. Some of those kings, Manasseh, you know, you can read Book of Kings, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, and so-and-so did evil in the sight of the Lord, even worse than his father before him. You know, Manasseh, nobody was worse than him ever, even those that came after him. They weren't, nobody was as good, as bad as he was. Okay, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus knew the pain he was going to go through. Jesus knew the pain that he was feeling and and, and the agony that he was going to be, be experiencing in this. And then so he came up, he got up from that, and uh, he finally came to the place where he says, nevertheless, not my will, I surrender all I am to you. And sometimes that's all you need to do in your in your processing pain is just surrender who you are to him. You have to recognize first, he is your father. He is your father. And then you must surrender your pain to him. He says, come to me, Matthew 11, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly of heart and you will find rest unto your souls. Hebrews says, I think it's Hebrews 4, says be diligent to enter into your rest. Sometimes you need to schedule rest. Just saying. What I what I did after my part of my healing process was to uh, take a day, one day in seven, when I would not do my normal stuff. I would just, I mean, of course I would pray, but I would do something that was fun. I would do something that was relaxing, uh, but I wouldn't do, I wouldn't write. I wouldn't... Um, you know, I wouldn't do my normal, um, my normal processes. I don't go to meetings. I don't counsel people in that time. Okay. So then he says, um, uh, he says, he says this and he found them sleeping and he says, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta let your friends know, listen, I'm in such pain right now. I need you to be with me. What do you mean you can't pray with me? Can't you watch with me? 
Keep watching and praying that you may not enter temptation. The spirit's willing. This is a big one. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. And that's where you have to come to grips with all of that. And you need to say, yes, I need to, you know, <clears throat> my, my, my flesh is weak right now. My spirit's fine. My flesh is weak. I need people around me. And it's okay to need people around you. Just don't be co- codependent, but you know what I mean. So then Jesus goes away and prays again. And he says, my father, if this cannot pass away, unless I drink it, your will be done. So what he does is, he, Jesus comes out and he says, listen, I, you know, it doesn't seem to me like this is going to work out really well. Um, you know, but you know, I give up, I surrender everything to you. And he got to a place where his body, his soul surrendered. He surrendered himself to the will of the Father, which said, you have to do it because I have billions of more people that need to be in heaven. And the only way you can do that is if you can pay for their sins. So a couple things you can do as we, as we wind this thing up. Hilda, you're amazing. Never forget that. You do need people. And, and you know, in our society, I just say this, Hilda, uh, in our society, it's, it's a little, uh, less touch, you know, physical touch people around you as, as much as it is your closest people, you know, who happen to be Facebook messengers or, um, you know, and something like that. Um, and then God, God brings people to you. There are tons of people and, and you say, God, I need somebody. And that's why going to church is, is incredible and needy, a needful thing. So that we can go and be who, um, you know, be that person for somebody else. You never know. And then that person can turn around and you'll find, you'll find people that are close. I know it's, I know it's hard. And, you know, here in Reading, I, I know everybody knows a lot of people. I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people know me because of what I carry and what I do, but nobody really, I only have like four, four or five people that I trust with my life. And those are the people I say, listen, I'm struggling right now. I don't have a problem telling people I'm struggling. I don't tell the whole world I'm struggling, but I, you know, I tell these few people. I need to tell the few people. So one of the first thing that Jesus did was bring his closest friends with him. And, um, yeah, I, I know Hilda and we'll, we'll pray into that as we finish. But, you know, Jesus first, surrenders his will to the Father, and he has to wait till his will is totally surrendered. Not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Okay, so he takes his friends. He wants to show them. You go to the Father, and you say, God, I need you right now, and I surrender my pain to you right now. Surrender your pains to God right now. He said that he came to set the captives free, to set prisoners free. Prisoners are in prison because of something they did. Captives are in prison because of something some something somebody else did. And that's what God is, is bringing us into. So just know that you can do this. You're going to make it. And then Jesus goes to the cross, and we talked a little bit about that yesterday. So we'll pick this up again the next time uh, we come. Let's pray. 
right now for um, for you guys. 